why speak about the negative when you can be positive? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much negativity out there. So, yeah, I try not to do that. It would be very easy, by the way, to do the contrary. Unfortunately, sure. people are more attracted towards the negative than towards the positive. Uh, uh, bad news will make the headlines yeah. much quicker than good news. This is Jessica Stewart, and you're listening to the My Modern Met Top Artist Podcast. In this episode, we cap off season two by chatting with sculptor Lorenzo Quinn. Through his large-scale installations, Quinn brings messages of unity to the public, but his life is equally fascinating. Born in Rome and raised in Los Angeles, he's the son of acclaimed actor Anthony Quinn, and he was exposed to art at an early age. After a short acting career himself, he moved into the world of visual arts and has been working as a professional sculptor for decades. His work is often gravity-defined and touches on themes meant to bring the world together. So, when thinking of an artist to wrap up our season discussing impact, we couldn't think of anyone better. Before we get started, I just wanted to ask you a quick favor, though. We're looking to learn more about you, our listeners. And so, if you could take the moment to fill out a quick survey, we'd be grateful. Just go to podcast.mymodernmet.com slash blog. That's podcast.mymodernmet.com slash blog. It will only take a few minutes, I promise but you will help make the podcast even better. And now, back to Lorenzo Quinn. So, as his father was not only an actor, but a prolific painter, he really grew up immersed in art. So, we begin our chat by discussing his childhood growing up in an artistic home and what his earliest memories of art were. I guess I would have to say... Of course, we were surrounded by art in the house because my father loved art. But I think that probably the first visual memory would probably be him chipping away at a log. Yeah, in Rome, in the house we grew up in in Rome. He, um, his hobby, uh, which then turned out to be actually his main focus later on in life, was, uh, was art. So he was painting and drawing and sculpting all the time. And we used to play a card game. It was like poker cards, but the, the designs on them weren't uh, the typical ace of hearts or ace of spades. They had painters. Um, mm. So famous paintings by famous painters. And uh, I always uh, was um, in awe of uh, the creativity of the Salvador Dali Dali cards. So whenever I got that card, it was like a very special card to have. Uh, So I remember that that episode, and I remember just my father working on his art and drawing. He was doodling a lot. He doodled a lot. It's interesting that you mentioned Dali, because I know that he was an early influence. What was it about his work that really resonated with you? imaginative. I mean, I think it really speaks to children because uh, surrealism is truly incredible. Um, and then the technique uh, that he had was was just uh, unique. It was he was amazing. He made you uh, travel through his uh, his paintings in this uh, 
uh, surrealist uh, world that he was able to create all the time. And I just, uh, I just loved him. I loved his imagination. Uh, I loved the, the subject matters, these elephants with these elongated uh, legs, uh, the giraffes and, and all that, uh, these landscapes, infinite landscapes. Uh, it, was in, it was incredible. Certainly, growing up in a creative environment under the care of someone making a living as a creative had an influence on Lorenzo. But growing up surrounded by fame is also a double-edged sword. If you aren't as successful, people may wonder why. And if you are successful, people may assume it's because you had a head start. It's a pressure that Lorenzo's been keenly aware of, but has managed to navigate. Well, my father was obviously a famous person. Yeah. And I think that I always grew up in self-awareness and, mm. um, and at times also self-doubt, obviously. Because when you have such a famous father, you don't know if people, you know, uh, uh, want to be with you because of you or because of who your father is, so right. forth and so on. And, and you know the story. But one of the things I was worried about uh, and I was conscientious about was that anything that I, I would do growing up True. could harm him, right. you know, could harm his image. So, yeah, I was always very, I tried always to be quite reserved and in control of, of what I did, especially uh, publicly. You know, now I guess it wouldn't matter, but I guess that's just embedded in me. Well, that's who you are. But I'm actually wondering, you know, as we sort of said, making a living as a working artist is really difficult. We've talked about how you can be talented, but not sort of making it. And I do wonder, growing up with such a successful father who had success in the arts as an actor and the visual arts, what did it do you feel like it taught you anything about what it took, what you had to do to make it and be successful in the arts? There are two sides of the coin. In some situations, it helped. And in many others, quite the contrary. Uh, I think that for all superficial things, it, it can help. You know, like initially getting a notice and all that. But yeah, but then you have to constantly prove yourself. And by the way, you never, and you never end, end that. That process is never over. Um, you know, my father passed away 20 years ago, and I've been supporting myself as an artist for over 30 years now. Started 35 years ago and fully started supporting myself five years into that. So that's been 30 years now. I've been, you know, I've done quite a few things. But still today, I feel that at times I'm still have to prove myself and prove my, my worth and why I'm here and then I'm not here because of, of that, you know, that I'm right. here because of what I did. Uh, on the other hand, I was very lucky because, yeah, I had uh, opportunities that many didn't have, you know, right. and um, let alone the fact that my, my father just as a person, he was a genius. So to be around the person with that character and the person that was a genius and had achieved so much, of course, it's enriching. Yeah, I really fed off of that. I, I loved being around him. I loved being around his friends. I matured quite uh, early because of that. I had young friends, but I loved uh, hanging around my father and his friends because there was so much to learn. Right. Uh, and I was like a sponge. And I was, you know, taking that in. Also, my father was 51 years older than me. So I realized already back then I wasn't going to have him around for a long time. Right. Uh, so I was trying to learn as much as, I, much as I could. And contrary to a lot of children, like my children, for example, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't in competition with my father. You know, my father was who he was. 
and I wanted to be who I wanted to be. Of course, I wanted to please him, and I wanted him to be proud of me, and, and so sure. I was independent uh, quite early on. At the age of 22, you know, I got married, so I was very young, and uh, I, I left the house, and uh, I, in fact, in the end, I came to Spain also basically to to move away from that, right? To move away from his shadow. But it was a it's a pretty big shadow. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I want to make a sculpture about that. I want to make a sculpture you should. of um I already thought of the sculpture. I want to make a sculpture of a silhouette of him dancing Zorba, mm -hmm. but like make it 30 meters tall and then uh cast it's a shadow or at least make a shadow with a plate or whatever on the on the ground and put myself in there <laughs> say, okay yeah so you know I'm, I'm also concerned about my children because um well they're not aspiring artists which is good uh, for them they want to do other things but i wonder if at times that they're worried you know about their famous grandfather their their father we talked to so many amazing creatives here on the Top Artist Podcast, and I don't know about you, but I always come away from an episode thinking, I wanna expand my artistic knowledge. If you're the same way, I'm excited to tell you about My Modern Met Academy, My Modern Met's new online learning community made just for you. Through our on-demand e-learning platform, you can take classes and be immersed in a world of art and photography from instructors who are experts in their field. You can learn how to take dynamic photos of your favorite pooch, get step-by-step -step instructions on how to draw the buildings on your block, fashion yourself a fringy bag with crochet, and much more. Whatever course you choose to enroll in, you'll get to learn by doing as you watch the instructor work and gain an intimate understanding of their process. Every class is broken down into bite-sized chunks so you'll never feel overwhelmed and you can go at your own pace. We have a special offer for top artist listeners. Save 10% on your first class at My Modern Med Academy when you use the code TOPARTIST10 at checkout. Again, that's TOPARTIST10, the number 10, to save 10%. We can't wait to see what you create with My Modern Med Academy. So turning back to Lorenzo's career, I was curious how he came up with his creative concepts, both real and imagined. See, Lorenzo is not only imagining sculptural concepts that he'll bring to life, but he's also begun posting concept art into what he calls the metaverse. These concepts are often impossible to bring to life, but are an important part of keeping his creative mind active. So I'm wondering, you know, what is your creative process like in terms of coming up with concepts and coming up with unique concepts? It varies at times. Um, you don't know when that spark is is going to occur, but there definitely is. So creativity, it's like a, a haystack uh, that can catch fire, light up at any moment. You need a spark, and sometimes you, d you don't find that spark. Now, the other thing about a haystack is that it burns intensely, but then it burns out. <laughs> so that's how creativity is. It's like, you know, another analogy for it would be a high tide and low tide. So when it comes, right. it comes in in a, in, a, in a high tide and it rushes in and you have this beautiful wave and you can ride that wave, surf that wave of creativity. But then you reach the shore and it's all dried up and you're like, wow, when am I going to get the next idea, the next inspiration? 
And it's difficult, you know, if you think about music, how many musicians have had, uh, you know, a, a, a one success, you know, one hit. Uh, right. And they've been looking for that a second hit and third and fourth for the rest of their life. Some of them have never found it. So, yeah, in art, uh, the way I try to do it, of course, nothing is more helpful than actually doing the work, meaning actually going to your studio, your garage, your apartment, wherever you draw, paint, or sculpt, uh, and just starting to do something. I like to have a subject matter. My art, in that sense, is about communicating a message. Uh, I'm either inspired by something I heard, somebody, uh, some something that somebody has said, uh, a book I've read, a series I've looked at, like now I'm, I'm looking at inspirational stories there. I have a wonderful app. It's called 12 minutes. And, um, and you can just listen to amazing uh, books and stories and, uh, or philosophy or whatever. And it, it's just 12 minutes. I end mm -hmm. up, um, spending more because I go from one to another. Right. Uh, but, uh, this morning was, was fabulous because I was, um, yeah, I listened to uh, Socrates and to, uh, yeah, the, the, the life of uh, Beethoven. And mm -hmm. if you think about it, Socrates, you know, he never, <laughs> Socrates never wrote, wrote anything. And Beethoven was deaf. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Not bad. Huh? These guys uh, did pretty well. Yeah. So that actually is inspirational. So I can get an idea from that. You know, mm -hmm. I can get an idea and maybe it's not directly linked to, I'm not going to make a sculpture about Socrates. I'm not going to make a sculpture about Beethoven, but maybe about this, maybe about overcoming your deficiency, you know? I mean, Beethoven definitely did. So believing in yourself. So, and I start, I start elaborating on that and start finding some verbs and adjectives that maybe inspire mm -hmm. an image in my mind. And then I'll start maybe make a, a drawing of that. Mm -hmm. And see if the composition is 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 correct and if it's uh, well balanced. And then, obviously, as a sculptor, I have to deal with uh, with gravity. Right. Um, so some of the things that I uh, that I come up with, some of the things that I I'd like to sculpt, I, in the end, I can't because yeah, they wouldn't sustain themselves, which is. Interesting now, this new world of the metaverse. Right. I actually noticed you've done quite a few um, visual placements. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, is that what that's about? Allowing you to sort of be creative, but also maybe bring to life things that would be difficult to actually engineer? Yeah. Interesting enough that a lot of people thought that they were actually there. You know, and I write, it's a visual placement. The sculpture yeah. Isn't well, they are very real. They look very real, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're meant to look, uh, well, because it's an, it's an actual existing sculpture that I made. I just place it in an, in a, in a, in an environment, yeah, in a, in a city environment or whatever, but the sculpture isn't actually there. But I, I try to match the shadows and I try to yeah. match, you know, all that. So, yeah, they do look uh, uh, quite real. But it's cool put us, to put a sculpture in the middle of uh, St. Marco's Square, you know, because yeah. I know <laughs> that they would never That's allow never me. That's never going to happen. Never, yeah. never going to happen. Another important part of Lorenzo's practice is creating art that has a positive message. While this may not seem like anything special, if you really think about today's world, it's actually quite rare. Though it might be more trendy or make more headlines to focus on the negative, 
Lorenzo isn't afraid to stand by his beliefs and produce what he feels is right. Look, the world, especially now, is quite polarized. You know, now you have the vax and the non-vax, right? Now you have the left and the right, and it's it's so polarized. Everything is polarized. And and yet we're all, I had a sculpture called In Perspective, where it's um it's a hand holding this like like marble, right? Like a marble ball. But then when you look at it, it's it's the world. And it was it was inspired by an image that I saw of uh, the Earth uh, seen by uh, the moon from the astronauts. Mm-hmm. And if you look down at the moon from the Earth, you know, you don't see the details. You don't see people. You don't see, you barely see the continents, you know. And, and everything that's ever been, and all humans, and all stories, and all wars, and all loves, and all everything, has occurred in that little, you know, blue spot, in the middle of this immense universe. And from up there, if you look at it and you put it into perspective, we're all in the same world. There's nowhere else we can go. And unfortunately, there's a lot of hate and there's a lot of division. So what I try to do with my art is, you know, as much as I can, is to, well, one is raise raise awareness towards some important uh, social issues and others like climate change, for example. And then what brings us together, you know, what what unites us and, you know, love, the love for our family, the love for our friend, we all feel the same and we all want the same. We all wish we had good health. We all wish, um, yeah, we can enjoy um, a love, family and friends and a good job and uh, so forth and so on. So I try to speak about those things. Why speak about the negative when you can be positive? Mm-hmm. There's so much negativity out there. So, yeah, I try not to do that. It would be very easy, by the way, to do the contrary. Unfortunately, people are more attracted towards the negative than towards the positive. Bad news will make the headlines yeah. much quicker than good news. To help reinforce his message, Lorenzo has employed a rich tapestry of imagery. One of the most reoccurring features in his sculpture is the use of hands. Whether they're touching fingertips or clasped together, these hands are filled with meaning. And his hands are notoriously difficult to replicate faithfully, and have been studied by artists in depth throughout history. I just had to learn more about how he became fascinated with them. A lot of the Renaissance artists had specialists uh, that did hands and feet, and then they had specialists that clothing, and they had specialists that jewels. And in a painting, you can hide a hand, right? Because you can put it behind the back, or you can put it on, uh, on the leg somewhere, and you can kind of like hide it. But in a sculpture, uh, being it three-dimensional and seeing it from all, from all sides, uh, you cannot. So I was always drawing. When I was little, I was drawing a lot, and... Um, I trained drawing my hand because I was, of course, I drew with my right hand and my left hand was kind of there uh, <laughs> next to it, <laughs> doing nothing. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to draw my left hand. And, um, and I started drawing my hand and I used it, of course, as, as, as the model I was, li- life form I was drawing from. And then I evolved in, into 
then sur using it for to do some surrealistic uh, images, again, using the hand, doing some crazy things and, and turning into a head or turning into a body or something like that. You know, my imagination was kind of going wild. So I was always working with hands, and then I started painting them. And I did, a, I did an art show uh, in Hawaii in a gallery called Center Art Galleries. It was in, uh, it was in Maui. And uh, the gallery owner said, look, your paintings, they're quite three-dimensional. You should try sculpting. I mean, try sculpting. Uh, I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, <it was> <laughs> okay okay, <sure. laughs> okay. With sculpting you know it's not easy he says no no it's uh, yeah it's 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 not but i think you would be able to try and you know maybe start with a hand you know, because a hand is quite difficult to do and if you could do a hand then maybe you can move on to the rest and i started and i did a hand uh i did a couple of hands actually I wasn't very creative with the title. It was called Hands. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Gotta start somewhere. That was my first hand sculpture. But it came out okay. And actually, somebody walking by, uh, because again, it was in this studio called, uh, it was on Prince Street called Ranieri Sculpture Casting, where a lot of artists came to um, finish their work and then cast their work. Um, Yoko Ono was there. Um, as I mentioned, Arturo Di Modica, Robert Longo, Robert Longo. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of famous artists would, would come by and, um, and use that space. You know, this is, this is Soho in the, in the 80s. Yeah. It was like the place to be. So, yeah, I was in like, I was so in awe of, of, of that. It was an amazing time for me. So then I, if somebody was, was, came by and actually liked that sculpture uh, and, and bought it and bought my first uh, sculpture. So, but then from there, it, it developed into, okay, I don't want it just to be superficial. I want it to mean something. And then I started adding uh, symbolism to it and, um, and developing a language. You know, the incredible thing is I've, I've, uh, like many of us have traveled uh, the world and um and yes i speak uh five languages but i don't speak of course all the languages in the world and uh and you end up when you can't communicate you end up communicating with gestures right mm. uh, you can kind of get by uh, or at least make them understand what you want using gestures yeah. Um, so they are common to all. It's a, the hands are the first thing that you that receive you when you come into the world. You come into a pair of hands that that, that takes you, embrace you. Uh, so they give life. Unfortunately, they take take life as well. They are our tools, and they're a way to communicate. So there's so many things you can say using hands. And by the way. It was also a way that I have been able to create, I guess, my uniqueness. It is almost like my, my, my calling card. Um, mm -hmm. Now when people make hands, everybody's like always sending me images. Look, they're copying you. They sent, uh, they made hands. <laughs> they I'm used like, hands. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm not the only one that using hands. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they're doing a, a big white hand. I'm like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> you have the market. <laughs> yeah. 
One of Lorenzo's most well-known works was his 2017 sculpture support. I actually remember seeing it myself as I floated down Venice's Grand Canal. Emerging from the canal were two enormous hands holding up the side of a building. It was a mesmerizing installation that was a metaphor for climate change. It was really striking and created waves across the art world. I was curious to hear how the installation came about and why I decided to focus on this particular topic. Well, look, I have uh, three children. Just for that reason alone, uh, on a personal note, you know, I'm worried about not only their future, I'm worried about their present. Uh, the world is, is changing. I mean, look, climate has always been evolving. That's evident. Yeah. Uh, the problem is the rate of, of that change now. So climate change has always been occurring throughout the history of, um, of the creation of, uh, of the solar system and then our planet. But the, 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 unless it was uh, an asteroid, you know, the changes were uh, very slow. But now they are not that slow. And in our lifetime, we've seen major changes where we've lost many animal species. Um, we have lost a lot of habitat for these animals. We're cutting down uh, rainforests uh, for various reasons. Um, and this is, this is all gonna affect us. Lorenzo's latest project has taken him to another iconic place, the Great Pyramid of Giza. His piece Together features his iconic hands and was an opportunity and challenge to place his work in an incredibly historic location. Of course, immediately I was quite concerned because, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? It's like, it's the pyramids, right? And by the way, it was the first time that they were going to allow art to be placed on the plateau, on the Giza plateau in front of the pyramids since they had been built. So 4,500 years. And, and it happens to be the only uh, wonder of the uh, ancient world yes. still standing. So it was very, very special. You know, I had to think exactly what I was going to do. And I wanted to be very respectful uh, towards that incredible back backdrop, towards the pyramids. It was the first time I made a sculpture that, uh, well, yes, of course, it was hands. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it was different in the way that it was a different medium. Right. A medium, I used uh, wire mesh, so they were mm -hmm. transparent in a sense. Yeah. So I didn't block off the the view of the pyramids, the position, um, the sculpture was, was also, I was very lucky because there were nine other artists. We were 10 artists and, uh, we were all around the, the plateau, like in a semicircle. And, but my position was a lucky one because I was at the end, but from where I was, you had three pyramids. You could see all three pyramids. Yeah. Uh, so it was quite exciting. And, um, and what I wanted to do was, look, I saw this almost as a rebirth. I mean, it had been already a year and a half since COVID. Uh, people were just starting to uh, travel again, uh, to be together. So I, obviously I called the sculpture together mm -hmm. to represent the past 
and 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 the present, but especially the now, taking advantage of yeah of living the moment, right? Because you never know uh, what's gonna happen tomorrow. You know where you're gonna be uh, tomorrow, if you're gonna be tomorrow, and where in a place where uh, time almost has stood still. You know, and uh, so it was about humanity building the bridge and coming back together and uh, that touch that we've missed because one of the horrible things about COVID that, you know, when when your loved one is sick, you can't even assist them because you can't get close to them. And, you know, fortunately, so many people have, um, yeah, have left us and they were alone, you know. They were alone either in a hospital bed or at home with nobody next to them. So it's just very sad. And, of course, I'm a very tactile person because I'm a sculptor. So I also miss embracing and hugging people and the human touch. So this sculpture was uh, was about that. And I was very lucky because it, uh, it was quite successful. Art d'Egypte did an amazing job at curating the exhibition. Yeah. Uh, I had some amazing, as I said, uh, sponsors behind me and my gallery then and uh, listen we had 500,000 people that went wow to see it and that that was just 14 days as we wound down our time together i asked lorenzo the question that we've been asking all of our artists this season what impact did he hope that his work left behind his response perfectly sums up what many of our impactful artists have been telling us all season raise questions uh, I think I want my art to raise questions. You know, the moment it gets you thinking, then it's already impacted you in one way and impacted you in one way. Um, if if uh, if an artwork leaves you asking yourself some questions, then that means that somehow it has touched uh, upon you. And I think that that at least is what I try to do because I try to raise awareness towards my work to either social issues or towards your inner uh, feelings. And so, yeah, um, that's what I try to do with my art. And that's a great way for us to leave off as we finish season two of the My Modern Met Top Artist podcast. A big thanks to Lorenzo Quinn for taking the time to open up to us about his working process and the sources of inspiration. For myself, Sarah and Sam, We'd like to thank all of the artists who have chatted with us over the past few months. We hope that you've found their words just as inspirational as we have. We'll be taking a break for a few months as we regroup and recharge in anticipation of season three. Make sure that you say subscribed or subscribe if you haven't already to be notified when season three drops and to tune in to some special surprises that we may be releasing in the off season. Remember, if you have a moment, please go to podcast.mymodernmet.com slash blog to fill out our survey, and we'd be extremely grateful if you'd leave the podcast a review on your favorite podcast app. So, it's goodbye for now, but we'll be back soon. In the meantime, don't forget to get your daily dose of art and culture on mymodernmet.com. See you soon.